Hello everyone. Uh, welcome to yet another podcast by the BCLA. Uh, I am Fakhruddin and together with Kyrene, we are very pleased to welcome Kyrene Venis. Uh, she is an optometrist from the Netherlands and we are pleased to have her talk to us about the importance of axial length measurement in myopia management. Uh, so Kyrene, over to you and please introduce yourself. Well, first of all, thank you very much for having me over again. I'm looking forward to delivering this podcast and the webinar later this month. Uh, my name is Karen. I'm from the Netherlands. I'm an optometrist in a chain of private practices. I specialize mainly in myopia management, contact lens safety and uh, specialty contact lenses. And I'm also chairing the contact lens division of the Dutch Association of Optometry. Thank you very much. Great introduction, and it is nice to have you back. Um, so I suppose we're, we're talking about myopia, myopia management, but could you sort of just provide, to start with, a bit of an overview on the whole myopia, stroke myopia epidemic? Well, globally, it's known that the prevalence of myopia is rising every in pretty much every corner around the world. Scandinavia is the small exception to this. But globally, uh, myopia levels are rising, and with the rising of myopia, we also know the risk of visual impairment is rising. And probably one of the most known studies uh, in this field is from Brian Holden and his team from BHVI. And they estimated that by 2050, pretty much half of the world's population will be myopic, and one billion uh, of them will be uh, highly myopic, which increases the risk of visual impairment a lot. And with that, also, of course, the burden to the uh, healthcare system and also the uh, the burden, uh, the, the economical burden of, uh, of this. So it is very important that whatever we can do to prevent any myopia progression, that we should get onto this. Yeah, that's great. And uh, yeah, we do understand that half of the world is going to be myopic by 2050. And I think there are a couple of other researches which you mentioned as geographically located, uh, which also says the same thing. So globally, it's also going to increase. And as well as there are certain uh, newer studies which say that in their particular region, it it, it, it is the same. So it's uh, really something which we need to be uh, ready. Uh as you mentioned that you see a lot of uh, patients and you do a lot of myopia management. So if you could walk us through on, if you have a patient in your chair and you are in going for myopia management, what are the tests you kind of do? What is your test protocol? Or I would say, what is your typical workup in your practice if you have a patient who you want to enroll for myopia management? Well, I think it all starts with a solid basis. Um, and a solid basis can only start when you earn the trust of both the patient and the parents or caregivers. So we start with a comprehensive exam of current status of the child, history, lifestyle, etc. But what I also find very important is to get to know the child. So what are its hobbies, favorite subjects at school, any sports or other interest, it tells us a lot about that child's lifestyle, but also something to hang on to 
in moments that the child may be a little bit intimidated by everything that's going on. So that's the solid basis we need before we can do any of the technical measurements. Cyclopedic refraction is always the basis to get to, uh, to get your refraction. And of course, we need uh, to look at the health of the oculus surface. And of course, the, the, um, the axial length, because that's the basis for your myopia practice uh, in as a whole. So once we gather all these information, and of course, we need more information about myopia of the parents, uh, when was the first time that child became myopic, myopia onset, so we, uh, as we call it. And once we've got everything we need, then we can decide how we're going to treat this child. So, yeah, thank you for that for that great insight. So I suppose it, it sounds like the actual length measurement, measurements in your practice are sort of standard as soon as you have a, a, a child that's showing some sort of myopia. So would you do that on, on every patient at the beginning? And how often would you then repeat the measurements? Yes, definitely. Um, if you ask me, actual length measurement is the gold standard in assessing myopia and also in assessing uh, myopia progression. So we do it with every child that visits our practice, even with the low hyperopes, because even a low hyperope can become myopic in a couple of years. So we measure it at baseline with every child that we see, and we repeat it every six months, and sometimes every three months if it's a fast-progressing child. So, but that's standard of care, absolutely. So would you say your, your the actual length measurements are, are sort of the same? So are you treating them the same depending on what sort of treatment you give the patient, if it's sort of spectacles or if it's something like contact lenses or, or orthokay? Would you, would you be doing the same thing with these patients? Yes, yes. We measure them uh, every six months, regardless of the treatment they're receiving. And even the ones that choose to not have a treatment at that moment, or the, if we don't think treatment is necessary at that time, we still review them every six months. And what I like to emphasize is that when it comes to ortho-K, actual length measurement is the only way to see if you're successful in your treatment. Because it's not, it's, you, you just cannot take a child of an ortho-K treatment every six months to assess the refraction. It's just not doable. So when it comes to ortho-K, this is the only way to progress, uh, to see if they're progressing or if your treatment is successful. Well, yeah, that, that's really true. And uh, I think you also did mention about the importance of parents and guardians coming on board uh, when you do myopia management. So how do you kind of use your axial length measurements in your patients as well as their parents' education? Do you have some insights on that? So what we what we mainly use in the Netherlands are axial length growth charts. Um, these are conducted by the team of the Erasmus Medical Center in Rotterdam, which are uh, our own myopia stars in the field. Um, these charts are very useful because most parents know them as the growth charts they had for their kids when they were babies to see if their development in weight and height was uh, going along the average line or was 
above average or below average. So these actual length row charts work the same. Um, so you will learn where that specific kit is compared to um, compared to the average on that age. So then you will know if that actual length is above average or is below average. And it helps you to decide how much pressure, so to say, is on the need of uh, treatment. Carol, you mentioned the growth charts. Are they widely available? Can people get, get hold of those? Yes, they are. The ones that we use are from uh, the Generation R study, the Generation Rotterdam study. And they are widely available online for free. Um, and uh, I think the, one of the best parts about those is that besides it's a very large study, it's a large study group, which gives us more reliable data. Um, it's a study that's done by on a mainly Caucasian study group. And as we all might know that lots of data uh, about myopia is coming from Asia, which is a different study group than a Caucasian one. So that's why I really like these charts as they fit more to what I see in my clinical practice. Now, these growth charts are great to use, and um, I could talk an hour about those, but if you want to know more about those and how to use them, I would definitely say get into that webinar because we're going to uh, explain about these extensively, and we're going to show you uh, with the help of a couple of clinical cases on how to use them. Excellent. So that's that's great. And actually, of course, we were going to mention the webinar, but there's probably even more reason for people now to actually come to the webinar to find out more about what we've just been discussing um, in the podcast today. So, um, yes, I'm doing that webinar on the 27th together with my colleague Daisy Lance. She's a great friend of mine. She works in a hospital setting. And she is a very reliable partner in uh, partner in crime when it comes to battling myopia. So I'm really looking forward to get it with her. Unfortunately, she couldn't make the podcast today, but you will see and hear her on the 27th. Um, and I think what is good to know is that even if you don't have access to an actual length device at this moment, I would still urge you to join the webinar. Um, because you, it, we will show you how you can use that device to make your treatments more reliable, to make your treatments easier, to make communication with your patient easier. So it might give you a little bit of a, uh, an extra push to see if you can, uh, get access to a device for yourself. Um, and also if you don't have access to one yet, we will give you a ton of tips uh, on how to treat your patients when you don't have access to an actual length device yet. And what we're going to use is uh, data from the NICE study, which is a UK island-based study. So that's very interesting, especially for BCLA members. And that study gives you a ton of tips on how to treat your patients and how to, to get into that decision-making where you don't know anything about that actual length yet. So don't be set back if you don't have a device yet. Join the webinar and we'll help you with that. Okay. So thank you, Kyrene. And uh, thank you for uh, joining us today. And to the listeners, uh, 
please keep an eye on the BCLA website. There are many webinars happening around the year, but particularly we also have another webinar uh, related to myopia uh, in the second part of the year as well. And to the non-members, the webinar which we are talking about with Kyrene and Daisy on the 27th of February is actually open to everyone to join. So please feel free to register for this webinar. Join us and learn more about the use of agile length measurements in myopia management. So thank you everyone for listening today. Uh, take care and be safe and uh, let's enjoy the webinar on the 27th of February. Bye. For Thank now. you very much. I'm looking forward to seeing you all then. BCLA Focus is back and this year we are collaborating with the College of Optometrists to bring you Optometry Tomorrow 2024, now incorporating BCLA Focus. The two-day event will take place on the 28th to 29th of April at the Telford International Centre. The conference will feature up to 10 tracks of learning, including lectures and hands-on workshops, along with an exhibition offering fantastic networking opportunities. Get your place booked today and take advantage of up to 50% off the delegate rate if you book your package before the 29th of February. All programme and booking information is now available online. Visit www.bcla.org.uk. We look forward to seeing you there.